Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join 
the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. On July 17th, The Golden Bachelor will be revealed. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Bachelor Clues Solo. Pace Case is away for the day, so I'm holding down the fort here to bring you this week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to have a bunch of good news, Tids. So much happening within the nation. I'm sure everybody has seen the, uh, the promo now for Golden Bachelor. I'm sure everybody has seen the news about Katie Thurston on F-Boy Island. We're going to be covering all that. When I say we, I mean me. And I'm also going to be covering all those parasocial plays, those gains. I got a scream for you, and we're going to have a Discord scream as well. And I have a very special guest who is going to join me for state of the game. So please stay tuned for that. I'm looking very forward to that conversation. And before we get to anything, of course, we got to cover some business here. We have a uh, new episode of Courtney Robertson's show after reality that is out this week. She talked to Nate Mitchell about all kinds of stuff. Paradise, the bachelor, as we, we know he was meant to be the bachelor instead of Zach Shawcross, but things fell apart after I believe it was allegations of him having a girlfriend when he came on the show. There was something like that came out and it kind of dashed his dreams of being the bachelor. So Courtney is talking to him about all that. Please go check out her latest episode. It's after reality, wherever you get your podcast. We also uh, have a gore account on threads. Now everybody's on threads. We're on threads. Follow us on threads. Dark seekers doing the best. there, doing a bunch of posts. She live threads is live live threadings. I don't know what threads are called yet. I guess they're just called threads. She live threads. Threads is such a weird word. It should have been something else. Say la vie. Uh, Dark Seeker does live threads every episode of our beloved game. So check that out if you want to follow along. And we got all that new team merch is now available at gameofroses.co. You can pick up a beautifully designed uh, San Diego crew shirt or hat, LA icons shirt or hat, New York influence shirt or hat, Chicago clout shirt or hat, and Nashville Sliders shirt or hat. All of these are designed by Ella Tolkien, who has done a bunch of uh, our best stuff. The 4TRR shirt that we came out with at this point, I believe it was three years ago or two, two or three years ago. Jesus, time flies when it doesn't exist. And she has done a bunch of other great stuff for us, including these shirts. And we're going to have the rest of the teams out very shortly as well, hopefully within the next month-ish, next couple of weeks possibly. But go check all that out at gameofroses.co. Also, we got that good job good at job mug there as well. So with all of that being said, as people in our beloved game are uh, want to say from time to time, I now am very proud to present to you this state of the game with a very special guest. This is Game, game of, of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. Today, we have a very special guest for State of the Game. It's none other than one half of your mom and dad, 
It's Jess Ambrose. Welcome, oh, Jess. Thank you so much. The mom half. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is the mom, the mom of your half. mom and dad. The mother is here. Hello. How are you? I'm so honored to be in oh, the pit right now. Please. The honor is mine. Oh. Um, I'm doing really surprisingly good this season. Oh, and I was going to ask you... you uh, the same thing. We like to, in State of the Game, kind of talk about where the fandom is. Where is the fourth audience at any given time? And so I thought you'd be a great guest to have on because you're steeped in the history and the lore of Bachelor. How are you feeling about Bachelor at season 20? Three episodes in. Let me just put it this way. I, when you messaged me about coming on, I was mm-hmm. so happy that I could <laughs> rant to someone else about how good this season is so far. Agreed. I can't yes. stop talking about it. It Same. is fantastic. I feel like every episode we're starting a podcast on, I'm going off about how amazing it is. I'm like, sorry, everybody. You're going to have to listen to me lecture you about how I think this may be one of the best seasons of all time. Yes. I I mean... Absolutely. We're saying the same thing on, on Game of Roses. It's phenomenal. It's mind-blowing how good it is. And I I know that there's like some contextual shit happening too, though, because we're coming off of all those bubble seasons that started with Bachelor yes. at 16 and went through the disasters of Matt James's season and the Katie Thurston season, all the seasons in between, even the BIP seasons that were just like misery fest, where it <laughs> seemed like producers really wanted to destroy the players. Correct. And now we're getting a season where it doesn't feel like that. And so I think by context, it's uh, or by comparison, it's like elevated as well. I the, the combination of charity as a lead The fact that Charity seems like she, number one, is having fun. That's the energy that I've been getting. And I just feel it oozing off the screen. So even when there's drama, it still feels fun to play with and talk about because she feels like she's happy and having fun. So that is huge. And then also why I am obsessed with her is because I feel like she is so taking control of the role of bachelorette Mm -hmm. and making incredible decisions. Also leaning into the villain piece with Brayden. Everything is just continuing to leave us on the edge of our seats. I feel like she's just giving the audience everything. It's the best. (laughs) But I think it also has to do with the producers because up to, I mean, as you you may or may not know, there was a mass exodus from the show yes. right before the season was produced. A lot yes. of people were fired. Some people left of their own accord. And so it feels like, and I, I don't want to jump the gun on this, but it feels like the toxicity that was in the producer tier that has existed in all these seasons might be gone. Because even you're talking about the villain in uh, Braden Bowers, who I think is one of the most electric players I've I've seen ever, certainly in the modern era. He, You can't keep your eyes off of him. No. And every decision he makes, I mean, it's hard to know how much of this is like on charity or not. I'm sure the producers are like, you have to keep him. You have to keep him. We talked about that a little bit where it's like, okay, there's that part in the back of my brain where I'm like, okay, the producers are probably telling charity he has to stay. But at the same time, it seems like to me, and maybe, maybe I'm just buying in, which is a another reason why I'm loving this season. I'm finding myself caught up for the first time in a long time, but it feels like this is a individual who is, he's super fun. He's super charismatic. So I get her enjoying having him around. So, you know, there's, there's so many pieces, but like you said too, with the, with the exodus of all the behind the scenes production and everything. And like you said too, you know, don't want to talk too soon, but it 
feels different and it feels good. I agree a hundred percent. And I, again, I don't know what to attribute it to exactly. And it's like cautiously optimistic <laughs> and all of that. But I think that there's something in the way they're presenting, not just charity. They are like correctly putting her on a pedestal mm-hmm. and, and giving her the ability to at least in how they're presenting the, the season to seem like she is making these decisions, which they haven't really done in the past. There have been a, in, in all the most recent seasons. It's like producers take things out of the leads hands. They put them in situations that are unwinnable. Yep. And here at least they're presenting it like it's not like that. And they're presenting Braden, who is the villain, as somebody that you can like. Uh-huh. They're not like <laughs> casting moralistic judgment on him, which they have with every villain mm-hmm. since uh, season 16, really. So I don't know. To me, that is like a part of, I think, why I like the season so much. But I'm glad to hear you say this, too, that you're on uh, on board with the season in the same way. I've been losing my mind. Like I've yeah. been I was talking to Evan about it the other day when we started watching on Monday night. I was like, I don't remember. It's been a long time since you know, on Friday, I'm like, is it Monday yet? Because I am ready to watch this show and excited about it, which, you know, this maybe sounds like, but when you're, you know, when you're recapping and you're talking about it constantly, you can feel the burnout sometimes. And so to have, to to know that it's so good that I'm like, I'm feeling like I'm simply just watching again and Mm -hmm. enjoying every moment of it. And there's an interesting piece too, where charity as the lead um, has mentioned both of our podcasts on her Instagram, which also feels like what's going on, you know, in allowance with production, because obviously both of us are not part of podcasts that typically production has smiled upon. Smiles upon. I I have firsthand knowledge that production hates our fucking guts. So, and that may have changed. Like I I don't know. I'd imagine you guys are enemy number one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but so you're right with charity posting stuff about our podcast. Like something has changed because she doesn't get to make those posts without producers saying it's okay. So something something has changed and. Bless her generosity. What an angel. I just... No, I mean, she really is. We compare her a lot to um, Hannah Brown's season. She has very similar vibes. And obviously, Hannah Brown was one of the greatest, arguably the greatest bachelorette to ever play the game. And Hannah Brown just posted about charity season. And I don't know. It's been a long time since I saw Hannah Brown post about a season. Well, she's getting ready to come out with her own podcast. Sure. And so she, she has <laughs> sure. a certain reason to try and plug back into this audience. I feel a little bit, but yeah, it's, it does feel to me like something significant has changed in a very good way. Like you're saying about the burnout. I don't really ever feel the burnout, but like these last seasons that really started with the bubble seasons have been just like not as fun. You get ground down by them. Cause it's like, fuck, whatever the emotion that the producers are trying to convey through the edit, which is generally the misery of the players at the hand of the producers that gets transferred to the audience. And nobody wants to sit through (sighs) two hours of watching miserable people trying to escape a torturous situation. I, yeah, I think that's what that's you're nailing it in in the sense of what I've felt because I always am ready to Mm. recap. I always am ready to talk about it, but I think it was in the viewing when you feel just the production and the misery that when I would watch it, I would walk away and I'd feel, I just would feel for these people. I'm like, God, this is rough. Like this is hard to watch. (laughs) So with this season, the dates have been so fun Mm -hmm. too. 
I mean, the Barbie PR yeah. moment, that was everything. I mean, there's a lot of date. They're still rehashing dates. There's not like a lot of creativity. Many of these dates are dates that have been pulled from history. We've seen before the Hollywood sign, the obviously True. the landing in a private uh, baseball field. <laughs> yeah, those were original. But they feel, something feels fresh. There's a respect given to the legacy of these things mm-hmm. that the prior seasons have not had mm-hmm. in, in all the bubble seasons. It was almost like the producers were making fun of these dates yeah. or making fun of the players for going on them. This season really feels like it has reverence for what this shit is for its place in history of reality television for its place, even in just like uh, the history of American pop culture, like tying in the Barbie shit. You know what I yeah. mean? That movie's going to be, the biggest fucking movie in the world. I was trying to get tickets for it the other day and it's like, it's already sold out. The movie's opening a week from now. I already can't get fucking tickets. Oh, you can't get them. (laughs) No, No, it's so true. And yeah, the thing is there's just, yeah, there's just something about it. And I have found myself so excited to watch charity fall in love. And again, doing doing what we can do with the recapping. Sometimes I know I can get, you know, I'll just be analyzing every little thing in my head. And with this season, I'm like, I am caught up in the love, baby. I'm caught (laughs) up in the love. See, you're caught up in the love. I'm caught up in like the astounding play that we're watching. (laughs) Sure, sure. It's some of the best guy players that I've ever seen, or at least in in recent memory. Like, I don't know if you're ever going to touch a a Vial back in Bachelor season 10 and 11. What he did in those two seasons was, I don't think it will ever be repeated. But we're watching with Braden is a new type of play style, I think, that's a synthesis of a lot of the great players from past eras and a little bit of a villain sprinkled in. It's it's really fascinating what he's doing right now. And I don't know if you saw his uh, Instagram story where he pretended not to know who Nick Vial was. Yeah, I'm like, and the <laughs> war has begun. <laughs> we get to be just standing by and watching. <laughs> he's a genius. Like, that was such a good parasocial play. It was fantastic. I, I have to tell you, after watching episode one, Evan and I both looked at each other and we were like, ah, this feels like for the first time in quite a few years that we're going to walk away with men who are legacy players a thousand percent where people will be so deeply invested in who they are and want to see them on the sand and be rooting for who the next bachelor is going to be all of it. I hope so. I mean, you know, we also track Instagram numbers and stuff and social media numbers. All the numbers are uh, very low, even charities. And I think that there's just the the past seasons. I mean, this is just my own opinion about the state of the game since season 16 of bachelorette. I think the, that producer class who was in charge of those seasons has really just fucking, uh, done their best to carve off more and more of the audience Mm -hmm. every Mm -hmm. season. And I think throughout, especially in bachelor season 25, a lot of viewers were just like, fuck this. I'm Mm -hmm. done. I can't keep Mm -hmm. watching this. And it's a shame because now it seems like to me anyway, the train is back on the fucking tracks and it's like, this is the season you should all be watching. I know. That's why I was so excited to talk to you because I feel like everybody I'm running into, I'm like, are you watching this season? And so many people I know are like, oh, I'm kind of over the show. Da da da. I'm like, no, please. I'm telling you, watch charity season. It's not going to disappoint you. I agree. But like, you know, even in Zach Shawcross's season, that was the first time we got to see charity play. That season was still technically a fly season. Um, 
and there was nothing in it. And and still technically it was a season of all those old producers. We didn't get a sense of any of those players as nope. characters, like who they were as people. We didn't even get Zach Shawcross. I, I still know who the fuck that guy is. I don't know him at so, all. <laughs> I don't know him at all. Yeah, it, it did. It did very little to like, um, I think, stoke interest of a Bachelorette season of Charity Lawson because we saw her in that season, had no idea who she was. And now three episodes in, you've seen more about her and gotten more pieces of her personality than you did in an mm-hmm. entire season run in Bachelor 27. Mm hmm. And the men, too. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like I I know a good amount about a handful of these men. Right. I just saw today, actually, something I did not know about. Caleb came out. Have you seen this? I have not. This is Caleb, Cowboy Caleb. Okay. I forget his last name. Wrestler? Some, yeah, the wrestler guy. Okay. Image surfaced uh, from 2021, 20, I think. I can't remember when it surfaced from, but it was after the insurrection. Uh, and he's got a Trump flag in the background of this image. So oh, that is now no. out there. Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, this, is, this is circulating across the internet currently. I just saw it like five minutes ago. But um, oh. let me let me switch gears in terms of where you think the state of the game is. So yes. we both agree Charity Lawson season is fantastic. fantastic. And it, it really does feel like it's got that old zing again. It's back like Bachelor season 17, Sean mm-hmm. Lowe, that kind of era, yes. Desiree Hartsock, yes. where it's a celebration, people are having fun, et cetera. Now, let me ask you about another component of the nation, which is the official Bachelor Nation podcasts. Yes. There's massive shakeups have happened. Uh, Bachelor Happy Hour, we saw the whole thing go down with Kufrin and Thomas Jacobs basically saying, fuck you, you guys treated us like shit. They got pushed out. That was, I could not believe the disrespect that the franchise showed. I, I mean, that was wild. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. My take on yeah. it is probably that whoever the producers were that, were on the show and also did the podcast got fired or left and the podcast was just kind of an afterthought clickbait it seems to be is gone forever it seems that way (laughs) i mean no new hosts have been announced Mm -hmm. um and they haven't posted i believe any material since may 31st and even that episode was a rerun Mm -hmm. of some prior one so with now, I mean, I guess they used to have three official Bachelor Nation podcasts with Talking It Out. True. But that one died, whatever, end of last year. Now we've got clickbait maybe drying up. And the people at the helm of Happy Hour are Grocery Store Joe and Serena, which... Correct. You know, I, I, I like listening to Grocery Store Joe every once in a while, but like... You like to imitate Grocery Store Joe. You know? Yeah. <laughs> They just are not Becca Cooper and Michelle Young. No, uh, no, they're not. They're certainly not Becca Cooper and Rachel Lindsay. No. Um, so where do you feel like these official Bachelor Nation podcasts are now? And what is their role going to be in the current state of the game? I mean, to be honest, all the well wishes to Joe and Serena, you know, blessings <laughs> on course. blessings. But I feel like after this season, it probably will fade away. Happy hour, you think? I think so. Interesting. Just the state of podcasting in general is an interesting space right now. I mean, it is shifting big time. A lot of podcasts are ending. A lot of networks are getting swallowed by bigger networks. A lot of podcasts and agencies are dying. Um, You know, what is to come next? I'm not sure. Obviously, I don't think podcasts in general are going anywhere, but there is a big shift right now, it seems. And my guess is that 
you know, with Becca Kufrin and Rachel Lindsay, of course, and then with Becca Kufrin and Michelle, there was the consistency. And even mm-hmm. though, of course, there was the piece of their part of the franchise, we still had moments like Michelle Young calling out the franchise, Becca Kufrin mm-hmm. calling out the franchise and all that emotional labor that Michelle was having to do during all of this. I feel like, and I haven't really been listening to a lot of the new happy hour, but it feels a little more Joe and Serena personal. And I could imagine Joe and Serena going elsewhere and having their own personal vlog, their own personal podcast, not necessarily sticking with the franchise because who knows what that paycheck is. You know, I don't imagine that they're that the franchise is shelling out a ton for the podcast. I don't think so either. I don't think they're getting paid very well for that, but there's also, I don't know. I have very mixed feelings about it. I love grocery store Joe Mm -hmm. for strange (laughs) uh, masochistic reasons, probably. And I do listen to his podcast. (laughs) He and Serena are, and you're right. They, they talk kind of about themselves and their relationship and try to make little in jokes and whatever. There isn't kind of like the, the old bachelor happy hour. Mm Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm going to say it. It was kind of the podcast of record for Bachelor Nation. A thousand percent. That's where, you know, the big players would matriculate through there. They would do all the important interviews and stuff there. And certainly it's where the the network would uphold the narrative, whatever narrative they were presenting in the show, they would send players through happy hour and clickbait to some degree to uphold that narrative, be it true or not. Right. seems like it's gone to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happy hour actually is at this point, but it does seem like there is not a podcast of record for bachelor nation right now. And what will that be? Will that shift to off the vine? We know charity Lawson went on that podcast yep. to promote her season instead of happy hour because they didn't have the hosts in place and shit uh, in a timely fashion. I mean, I think that that's a, uh, definitely a potential concept that, uh, uh, Caitlin's podcast or Nick's podcast could end up becoming kind of more of the official space. Um, but I, I mean, I could see them eventually being like, you know, since charity has been such an amazing lead, maybe her coming in to bachelor happy hour and there just being mm-hmm. a shift of the guards constantly. I don't foresee Joe and Serena there for a long time. That's just the energy that I'm getting. And with the wedding coming up and everything, I mean, like who knows where they're going to be going. They've gotten some great commercials and probably seeing a lot more money in those commercials. And it's like, do we want to do this every week with all them, you know, and then with the golden bachelor coming out, all these different things. I, I just, I find it interesting. I'm curious to see if the franchise will stick in the podcasting space. I just kind of have the feeling like they're not going to. I feel like the franchise wow. is going to slowly fade out of the podcasting space. Um, and maybe that's why there might be a little bit more of an allowance for the lead to post about a game of roses, perhaps. Maybe there's a, a shift. It just feels like it's yeah, trickling away to me. And maybe yeah. there's going to be something else that pops up, you know, where they're doing mm. a, a Lauren Zima-esque type of thing on network television or on Hulu or something Mm. like that. Interesting. But there's, I just have a feeling with the podcast that it's just trickling away slowly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, 
I see what you're saying and I agree with you that it does feel like that, but I also can't wrap my head around them letting that go because in terms of like your audience's engagement, you want to be having this other piece of media that comes out once or twice a week, whether it's in one thing in happy hour or two things in happy hour and clickbait where the audience for your TV show can still be engaging with the people on Mm -hmm. your TV show even when it's not airing. So like if you're putting out one episode on Monday nights, you also need to have a podcast on Wednesdays and Fridays right. so that people can stay in that cycle. You know, I can't imagine they just drop that. Can you imagine though, if they start letting players, if they start pitching players to podcasts like yours, please. I, yes. I would love that. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden it's like, you know what? Nothing's really sticking. Maybe I don't know what the numbers look like right now for bachelor happy hour maybe it's like you know what there's all these micro podcast shows that have an audience that's amazing so maybe we'll just start letting there be more flexibility maybe even pitching god that would be incredible maybe i'm just wishful thinking over here (laughs) the sauce wars A, a, a strange new era of the sauce wars i can't believe it i can't this you've heard it here jess ambrose is predicting that the micro shows will rise in 2023 to take over the official podcast of record position within the nation. I just believe it. I believe it. I, I also I though, right. also though, your idea with off the mm. vine or maybe the vial files that also yeah. seems like a big potential to me. Well, I guess we'll find out. You mentioned something earlier. This is uh, the final thing I want to cover in state of the game because it's a big state of the game. Uh, we just had a teaser come out today. This Thursday we're recording this. This will be out Friday, but today. Today, a teaser came out for Golden Bachelor that says they're going to reveal <laughs> who the Golden Bachelor yes, is on yes, Monday. Yes, I don't know yes. wh- how the revelation is coming or where they didn't make that specific. If it's just going to be on Instagram or Good Morning America or what, I don't know. But I thought I saw a Good Morning America post somewhere, but maybe I'm just imagining it. You know, at this point, the brain turns to mush a little yeah. bit and I start <laughs> to just have a crossover of things. But the reveal is coming, which... I was talking about this earlier. Maybe I'm reading into things, but the word reveal, unless they're trying to do a bait and switch with us, a clickbait moment with us, feels like it's someone we're going to know, right? Yup. (laughs) Yup. And I had chills off. All I'm thinking is Alex Michelle. All I'm fucking thinking is Alex Michelle. Okay, I'm tripping out because Evan and I were talking about this earlier. And Evan, who, bless his sweet, sweet, naive soul, you know, doesn't know quite the history of the game. And he brought up First Bachelor. He didn't know the name Alex Michelle, but he's like, is he old enough? And I'm like, I don't, is he maybe what, in his late 40s though, early 50s? I feel like that might be a little too young. Right. Maybe he's too young. But I agree with you when they're saying reveal... That to me makes it seem like this has got to be a celebrity of some kind or a dad, somebody's dad from within The Bachelor. Is that possible? It feels like there are two options. It has to be celebrity or it has to be someone we know from the show. I yeah. thought, you know, I'm like Kevin Costner. He left Yellowstone. <laughs> uh, Wow. If they have Kevin Costner as the first old Bachelor... That's the biggest show on TV. That's the biggest show in the world. <laughs> He's going from Yellowstone, Yellowstone to the mansion, baby. He's on his way. I right away, I was just like, I'm thinking celebrity. I'm like, let it be. I was trying to think of the age range. I'm like, let it be Jeff Goldblum. I just need a Jeff Goldblum to be like in the mansion and be like, life will uh, find a way. And then... <laughs> yeah. 
you found out you could do a Golden Bachelor, but you never <laughs> thought if you should. That was my Jeff Goldblum. Thank you very much. I'll be here all night. Um, anyways. Obviously, it's not going to be an A-lister, but I mean. Yeah, I agree with you. Reveal made me think, like, th- what are you hiding? Like, what is the the reveal? What could it be? It has to be somebody that we know. Right. If they just reveal, like, some guy who's like, this is a vice president of sales <laughs> for a major shipping company in the Midwest. It's like, what? Why, why you have to reveal that unless they have it be like an Andrew Firestone type where you're like, okay, oh, he's like, yeah. you know, he's got the money eligible the bachelor. Yeah, yeah. Wealthy, et cetera. Maybe it's someone mm-hmm. who has the cash and is handsome. And do you <laughs> predict that the show will do well? It's going to air at 10 PM on Monday nights, by the way. They have the audacity to air the Golden Bachelor at a time when <laughs> no one who is old is awake. That is yeah. that is cruel. Well, <laughs> I got other bad news for you. I think the reason they're doing that is because there may be a paradise or something airing at eight. Stop it. It's too much. I'm just imagining this scenario. Paradise airs Monday and Tuesday at eight. Golden Bachelor airs Monday at 10. I could see that happening. I love this franchise but that is too much they've done this type of shit before i remember back back in the good old days when (laughs) lizzie and i first started doing gore i think our first paradise season had that it overlapped with the bachelorette season or maybe it was the second one they've done it before that's all i'm saying i mean it wouldn't surprise me but it just feels unkind and cruel to air a show (laughs) the first of the of its type for the franchise with older people at a time when you know we're all sleeping i listen i don't think it's gonna do well but i am so excited for it i think it's gonna be huge do you really yeah i do okay tell me why because I'm I'm thrilled. Like this yeah. to me is abs it's gold. It it really is, not to be punny, but okay, tell me why you think it's gonna be amazing. Or a huge, excuse me. This this idea has been around for a long time. They've never pulled the trigger on it. They're finally doing it. And the reason they're doing it, to my knowledge anyway, is that there are a bunch of other Golden Bachelor style dating shows that are gonna start popping up on Netflix, Bravo, oh. et cetera, et cetera. And they're trying to beat everybody out of the gate. Interesting. And so I think this idea is very much in the culture that we want to see like older people dating that don't look like necessarily pageant queens and, you know, like standard bachelor players and, and too hot to handle and all that kind of stuff. And so I think this is going to play into that. And I think it's just going to be, I mean, we will have never seen anything like this. It's true. I mean, you are right. I sure hope that it's massive because I am so excited for it. The only thing then is just, Again, time-wise and it being the Bachelor franchise and the number struggling with The Bachelor, I could see it exploding on a Netflix version, but maybe mm. not as much on... Yeah, on network. On network. I mean, I would I would love to see a Golden Bachelor type of show for a Love Island scenario where they're all living together, but... <laughs> That's oh just my, my it's like a group dating thing. Oh. I don't know. I mean, I'm curious about all the different formats with people who are older. Why not make a, a golden everything, you know? Please. I mean, please. The, I, I know that the drama is going to be absolutely massive and rich. And yeah. all you need is the house, the real housewives as an example. One of the best reality TV shows of all time. It is so fantastic. Yeah. The drama is nonstop. 
I believe any golden version is going to just be caked with drama. And I think this is show is going to be absolutely fantastic. I've been absolutely dying for it to come out, but I am Me sad too. about the time. Clues. It is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. You got no idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. (laughs) Just call me Quinced, King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, it has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. 
It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Yeah. Well, uh, time doesn't exist, so you shouldn't be that sad about it. Thanks for the reminder, Chad. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. As I spiral into an existential crisis. (laughs) Yeah. It goes straight from Golden Bachelor to what is reality. (laughs) But uh, that's just the way I live. But thank you, Jess, for coming on here today and uh, talking about the state of the game with me. And please, everybody, go check out your mom and dad wherever you get your podcast. You can watch it on YouTube. Uh, Always doing the best work. And I hope to talk to you very soon. Thank you so much. It is an honor. As always, I am deep in the pit with you all. I appreciate you all. Thanks once again to Jess Ambrose for joining me for that state of the game. I always love talking to her about the state of reality television, the state of our beloved game, and just uh, aliens or whatever else may be going on in the world. So thanks, Jess. And now let's move on to that portion of our program where we're talking about this week in games. This week, the ratings for our beloved game actually did something very interesting. The episode that premiered this week on Monday night at 9 p.m. on ABC got a 0.36 in the demo, which is a 33% increase from last week and had a 1.9 million viewer raw number. That's about 15% increased from last week. So the show has gained more viewers from episode two to three, and that 0.36 in the demo was actually slightly higher than premiere night. So it seems like, at least from these numbers, we might be able to say that the audience is growing. Hopefully, word of mouth is getting out there. Hopefully, social media is getting out there. And we're going to see these numbers continue to increase uh, over the course of the year. I was really enthused by this. It's it's interesting. This doesn't usually happen, not especially not this early in the season. Sometimes viewership will go up toward the end when you're getting into the playoffs, when you're getting into fantasy suites, when you're getting into hometowns. Um, but you very rarely see something like this, especially not in the last five years or so. So congratulations to Charity for this big bump in numbers. And hopefully we continue to see that incline happen. Now, in terms of how it lines up with the other shows that it was competing with on Monday night, it tied for first across all major networks with, get this, a Nancy Drew rerun on the CW. You heard me correctly. The CW tied for first with Bachelorette with a rerun of Nancy Drew. So Bachelor and Nancy Drew beat out new episodes of The Wall on NBC, a rerun of The Neighborhood on CBS, and a new episode of Crime Scene Kitchen on Fox, who seems uh, hell-bent on just driving their reality slate into the ground. Fox has not done a reality show that has really worked for many years at this point. They keep trying. They had Labor of Love during the pandemic, obviously. They tried uh, Joe Millionaire reboot. It didn't really work. They tried the real Dirty Dancing. Didn't really work. Now they're having trouble with this Crime Scene Kitchen show as well. So who knows where Fox's reality slate is going to wind up. But that's where Bachelor lines up with all these other networks. And again, I can't believe the CW is tied for first place this week. Congrats to the CW. 
Big news. And maybe that has something to do with uh, what we'll get to a little bit later in the news, which is Katie Thurston is going to be, I think, the biggest star on the CW coming up very shortly. But now let's move on to talk about those Instagram and TikTok numbers for players and for our lead uh, this season. So Charity this week gained 7K, bringing her up to a total of 130,000 Instagram followers, and she gained 800 for a total of 16.8K on TikTok. Now, 130K at this point in a bachelorette season is a very low number. Hopefully, with this increase in TV ratings, maybe that means it's going to be an increase of people who want to follow her on Instagram as well. If you're not following her, please do so. I cannot stress enough. We talked about this last week in State of the Game, but she is a fantastic lead. I mean, bar none. She's going to, I think, go down in history as one of the greatest uh, bachelorettes that we've ever seen. And it makes me very sad that the producers for Zach Shaw across the season cut that season the way they did. I feel like we barely got to see her at all in that season. And now we're we're starting to see her personality come out in The Bachelorette, which is great. Better late than never, I suppose. But generally speaking, you want to do that earlier. You want to give the audience a reason to tune in to watch this person as the lead. You want them to get hyped up on that person in their rookie season and then come to watch their lead season. But at least here we're getting some of her personality and hopefully these numbers will continue to go up for her. We also have uh, in the player pool for gains, eyeball player Joey Grazia Day gained 7.7K. He is now at 20.6K. We got Braden Bowers in second place uh, with a 2.9K gain for a total of 7.8K. Very low number for somebody who is a superstar of the season, in my opinion. In third place, we have wakeboarder Aaron Schwartzman. <laughs> Dirk Seeker wrote that in there. He gained 2.8K for a total of 4.5K. We have in fourth place, John Baresh gaining 2.4K for a total of 7.1K. And in fifth place for that swan song, horrible one-on-one performance, Warwick Reader gained 2.1K for a total of 5.9K. So that's where the gains are, ladies and gentlemen. You got 7.7K is the, the highest gain in a week three, which is, I believe, just from memory, I don't have charts or anything in front of me, but I think this is the lowest gain we've seen in recent history. And now here's the top five overall Instagram chart. You've got Joey Grazia Day taking that top spot with 20.6K. Again, I believe this is the lowest we've seen at this point in a season. You've got P P. at least this is PP, is in second place. This is a man who is a night one guy. We have not seen it. And he didn't do anything in night one either, by the way. We saw this man do virtually nothing in the in the season. He's at second place in the overall Instagram chart with 12.6K. Then we got John Henry Spurlock in third with 8K. And we got Braden Bowers in fourth with 7.8K followers. And Caleb Bollegard, the lovable cowboy who cannot seem to win a group date despite all of his best, best efforts. He rounds off the top five with 7.1K followers. And now the top five TikTok chart. You got Christopher Spell. That was the professional jumper, also a night one guy. He is sitting at 174.1K. You got P, 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 P at 30.4K, second place. Again, these are both night one guys. You got third place, Caleb Bogard, 21.5K. Fourth place, Khalid Hassan, night one guy, 6.6K. And you got fifth place, Sean McLaughlin, entering the TikTok chart for the first time with 449 followers. These numbers are abysmal. There's no other way to put it. We have to be objective about our reporting on these numbers. And 
they simply, comparatively speaking, to uh, past players, these are not good. These are definitely not good. Like I said, hopefully with more people coming to the show, hopefully that word of mouth is getting out there and people are realizing like this is not a season to miss. Hopefully that'll get some of these guys' numbers up as well. But that rounds out our gains. And now it's time to move on to that portion of the program in which I'm going to deliver to you all of the most luscious tids. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, I alluded to this earlier, San Diego Cruise superstar and season 17 Bachelorette, Katie Thurston, has been announced as one of the leads in the upcoming season three of F-Boy Island. That is correct. This marks the first time in history, at least to my knowledge, that a lead from a Bachelor franchise show has become a lead of another reality dating competition format. Thurston will be one of three leads on the new season, and nothing is yet known about the other two, but insiders are saying that Thurston will likely be the only reality TV veteran. So it feels like it's going to be Katie Thurston potentially coaching or even helping the other two leads through the process of being on reality TV. For those unfamiliar with the format, F-Boy Island follows three women who move to a tropical paradise where they're joined by 26 men. 13 of them are self-proclaimed nice guys looking for love for TRR players, and 13 of them are self-proclaimed F-Boys there to compete for cash for TWR players. And the women have to navigate the dating pool together with the hope of finding love while revealing which guys are for TRR and which guys are for TWR. And the women ultimately choose who walks away with the money in the end. The first two seasons of F-Boy Island aired on HBO Max in 2021 and 2022 before being canceled last December. But in May, the CW picked up F-Boy Island for season three and additionally greenlit a spinoff called F-Girl Island. F-Boy Island was created by the architect of Bachelor in Paradise, Elon Gale, and comedian Nikki Glaser serves as the dark lord of F-Boy Island. We cannot wait to see what kind of performance Katie Thurston is going to turn in in what is, even just based on this announcement, it is a historic season of F-Boy Island. And this idea that Bachelor leads can go off and be leads in other dating reality competitions is fucking fantastic. This is something that we've talked about a lot on Game of Roses as needing to happen that from the Bachelor franchise, you can matriculate out into these other areas of reality dating television. I am still waiting very anxiously on the day we get a Bachelor player showing up on Perfect Match. And I think that day is coming within the next year or two. I don't know if it'll be the next season of Perfect Match, but I think what Katie Thurston is doing here is really going to break it open for a lot of other Bachelor players to step out and start popping off on some other reality shows, some other specifically dating reality shows. Obviously, a bunch of ex-Bachelor people have been on other reality shows, everything from Dancing with the Stars to The Traitor with Ari Leyendijk and many, many others. You've got Hannah Brown winning the greatest survivor challenge or whatever, greatest military man challenge. I don't know what the name of that show is, but now Vial supposedly is on that show with Sean Booth. That's the rumor. So we're, we're going to tune in to see all these bachelor players, of course, in their other shows. But again, this is the first time to my knowledge that an ex bachelor lead is now the lead of another reality dating competition format. So good luck to Katie. Uh, up next in bachelor nation news, the golden bachelor is about to be revealed. 
That's correct. With an air date scheduled for later this fall, the Senior Bachelor Instagram page released a new teaser revealing that the Golden Bachelor's identity will be announced on Monday, July 17th. In the teaser, a red rose turns gold and the song This Magic Moment by the Drifters is playing in the background. The Golden Bachelor will air one hour episodes this fall, Monday nights at 10 p.m. on ABC. They just keep pushing the fucking time back. 10 p.m. We will be covering the identity reveal of the Golden Bachelor as well as recapping the show when it airs. I'm super psyched about this show. I cannot wait to watch it. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. I'm hoping that Golden Bachelor reveal is Alex Michelle. I will shit my pants if that happens, but it will be worth it. Moving on. Kim Kardashian is in Bachelor Nation news this week. A promo for this week's episode of The Kardashians featured Kim sending her family down to tell them she was going to be the next Bachelorette, garnering negative reactions from her various family members. The promo spread across the nation like wildfire, causing confusion and conjecture until it was revealed that this is what Kardashian called, in quotes, a prank. While we may not be getting Kim Kardashian as our Bachelorette anytime in the near future, we are still holding out hope that producers find some way to deliver us a celebrity lead in the coming seasons. This, to me, was obviously engineered. It's kind of clickbait in its marketing, I suppose, but it worked. Kim Kardashian saying she's going to be the next Bachelorette, even though it was just a lie, as she calls it, in quotes, a prank, but it's simply as a lie. It worked. This was DM'd to me 5 million times. I'm sure it was DM'd to everybody listening to this 5 million times. Anybody in your life who knows that you love The Bachelor saw this shit and fucking messaged it to you. So, as always, the Kardashians are geniuses at marketing their own product, even with a lie, just a blatant lie. Up next in Bachelor Nation news, the Barbie movie group date was only the beginning of the new film's marketing relationship with our beloved game. On Sunday, Barbie premiered at the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles. Coincidentally, this is where I had my college graduation. And it wasn't just movie stars that showed up for the event. In addition to Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, and Nicki Minaj, some heavy hitters from the nation were also in attendance. Hannah Godwin, Joe 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 Joe, and Aero Bro, uh, Susie Evans, Andrew Spencer, and even the sitting bachelorette, Charity Lawson, all walked the red carpet. Congrats to all the players, past and present, who got the invite from the marketing department of the Barbie movie. I love seeing shit like this, and I think this is exactly what The Bachelor needs to be doing. Marketing with these super high-profile media projects. I mean, this Barbie movie is... I've been trying to get tickets to it for the past like week or so. It doesn't open, by the way, for another full week. It's not coming out this weekend. It's coming out next weekend. And I've been trying to find decent tickets that aren't like in the front row or at some fucking movie theater two mi- 200 miles away. It's been nearly impossible. I think this movie is going to be so huge. It is going to make so much fucking money opening weekend. I'm assuming breaking all kinds of box office records and to have Bachelor not only associated with it in the the game itself on that Bachelor group date, but to now have Bachelor players being invited to come to these premieres is it's good. It like raises the level of prestige back to what it used to be. I just don't think you would have seen anything like this in the bubble seasons. And it really is. I think it's just a great example of how with charity loss and season, the fun is getting put back in the show. And this Barbie thing is in my opinion, like exactly what they should be doing to that end. Let's move on in bachelor nation lake house news. The Great One posted an Instagram reel on Monday revealing his purchase of the lake house his grandfather built in 1965. Vial's family had to sell the home 32 years ago after his grandfather's death, 
And the caption in the post read, after losing the house 32 years ago, I finally brought it back in the family. I had recurring dreams my entire life since we lost the house in 1990 about somehow having the house back in our family. I always woke up. I'm living a literal dream. No more waking up from this one. Congrats to the great one on his new real estate venture and on making his family whole once again. It's also worth noting that uh, in this Instagram reel, the great one was shirtless so that he could reveal a tattoo of the lake house. Good job, great one. In cohabitation news, our most recent bachelor, Zach Shawcross, and his ring winner, Katie Bigger, have moved in together in Austin, Texas, and season 25 FIMP recipient and her Paradise Paramore mustache player, young Noah Herb, just bought a house together in Oklahoma. Congrats to the happy couples on moving their relationships to the next level. And finally, in Bachelor Nation news, congratulations are in order for the first bachelorette of season 16, Claire Crawley. The woman who blew up The Bachelorette announced this week via Instagram that she and her new husband, Ryan Dawkins, are expecting their first child via surrogate in 2024. Can't wait to see what kind of fetus play we're going to be getting, or maybe we're not because it's a surrogate. I don't know, but I assume that Claire Crawley is going to have her child doing some kind of spawn con. Can't wait to see it. Claire is a a great parasocial player, and she was, historically speaking, one of the most important bachelorettes who has ever played the game, breaking that season 16 wide open so that it had to be fractured, allowing Tasha Adams to come in and uh, do the remainder of that season as the second bachelorette. But creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is gonna feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. 
And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Congrats again, are in order for Claire Crawley and her husband, Ryan Dawkins. And that is it. That wraps up all of the news that is fit to print. And now we are going to move on to that portion of our program in which I break down all of the greatest parasocial plays from the week. This is... The Parasocial Play, 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 Play of the Week. Victoria Jameson continues to prove that she was an overlooked commodity on Bachelor Season 27 by posting outstanding parasocial work. This week, Jameson posted an Instagram reel set to Olivia Rodrigo's Vampire that celebrates the courage it took for her to get a divorce and restart her life. The reel has 1K likes and 19.9K views. Superstar standout from the current Bachelorette Season 20, Braden Bowers, entered the parasocial arena this week with one of the best rookie plays I have ever seen. Bowers took to his Instagram stories to answer some questions from his followers, one of which was, why does Nick Vial hate you so much? Braden responded with a carefully crafted deceit that read, in quotes, I don't know who that is. Tell him I'm sorry if I did something to him. This faked lack of knowledge about our beloved game and the key players in the nation at large gives 4TRR and it gives Nick Vial something new to sour grapes about. 
There is simply no way the Great One was not made aware of this post, and many in the nation can easily imagine Vial seething at the audacity of this rookie to pretend he doesn't know who the greatest player to ever play the game is. This was so fucking strong. It was such a simple play. There was nothing to it. It was just him answering these questions in an Instagram story. But goddamn, it's beautiful. Congratulations to uh, Braden on this play. Not play the week, but congratulations nonetheless. Braden Bowers is is continuing to impress me. I really believe he is kind of setting the mold for what the new era of a villain player might be. He is fun. He is not taking it too seriously. He is doing some villainous plays, but he's also still in the game. So I'm I'm very excited to see what he can do not only in game but in the parasocial game as well. And we also had a great parasocial play from Warwick Reader. He had fun with his sleepy guy who didn't know how to have a conversation edit this week after his dismissal from the game. The 14th place finisher posted a collage of photos to his Instagram stories of him sleeping at various stages in his life with the caption, not much has changed. So he's taken it in stride, uh, accepting the role that the producers have given him in this edit and trying to make fun of it, trying to show that he's a good sport. Absolutely loved this play. And of course, Katie Thurston made the list this week. The parasocial queen of the San Diego crew capitalized on the news that she would be one of the three leads on the upcoming season of F-Boy Island with a hilarious reel built around the premise that she didn't know what she signed up for. Thurston is featured in the reel being surprised when she finds out from producers that the show she agreed to do is actually F-Boy Island. The reel has 30.6K likes and 806K views. Now, just for context... I know the CW bumped up this week and they were tied uh, with The Bachelorette for first place across all networks. But generally speaking, when we look at the CW shows, many of them get under three to 400,000 raw viewers. This reel has 806K views. Already, Katie Thurston is generating an audience bigger than most of the shows on the CW. I, I think there is a possibility here that once she goes to the CW as one of the leads of F-Boy Island, that show becomes the biggest show on the CW. I think that's completely possible. I know I'm certainly going to be watching it. These were all fantastic plays, of course, but as we know, there can be only one winner of the Parasocial Play of the Week, and this week, the honor goes to the current sitting bachelorette, Charity Lawson. Charity reposted a recent post by Game of Roses in support of her season with the added caption, in quote, Happy Wednesday, new thing to add to your to-do list. Go listen to Game of Roses. Thank you, Charity, for this outstanding parasocial play, for supporting our podcast, and for winning the parasocial play of the week. We always love to see players uh, acknowledging Game of Roses, whether they have read the book or not, <laughs> whether they listen to the podcast or not. Uh, it always feels good to know that we are having some impact, that the analysis we do here of our beloved game is reaching the highest levels of the game. So thank you once again, Charity, for that incredible parasocial play. And of course, we had a play made this week that involved a creature. There's only one play in this list, but wow, was it a doozy. Becca Martinez continues her reign as the wild animal Snow White with an Instagram story featuring a skunk who made its way onto her property to enjoy some food set out in a little bowl. The short video is scored by the white stripes. I can tell that we're going to be friends. 
Congrats to Becca Martinez and the continued expansion of her backyard zoo. And congrats on this outstanding parasocial creature of the week. And now it is that time of the program for me to descend deep into the bottom of the pit and issue forth my scream about how my fandom of this show has drastically impacted my life. This is Screams from the Pit. I have had cancer in the past. It was a a totally aggressive uh, skin cancer in my face that required surgeries and it required some radiation. And now it requires a kind of uh, yearly checkup, which includes an MRI, which includes a metallic dye to be injected into my veins for contrast. It's not a fun thing. Nobody likes going in the MRI tube. Nobody likes having metal injected into their veins. <laughs> so I'm doing this this past week. Uh, I'm in the place. I'm laying down on the slab. They're about to put me into the thing. And as the the nurse, I don't do well with needles, so I can't do IVs. They just like inject the the metal into my veins when the time is appropriate. So they, you go into the tube and the MRI machine is going for maybe like 30 minutes. Then they bring you out of the tube. They inject you. They put you back in and they take more images. So I'm laying on the slab. I've done the first round, the 30 minutes. They pull me out of the tube. They're in, literally injecting a dye into my arm. But just as the door opened for the nurse to walk in and inject this, I overheard somebody in the hallway just the word bachelorette. I don't even know what they were fucking saying. I just heard somebody say bachelorette. So when the nurse comes in with a syringe full of metal that's about to be injected into my arm, pumped through my veins so they can see if there are any tumors growing, which by the way, there are not. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I, I simply say, hey, were you just talking about the bachelorette? And the nurse goes, yes, I, I've been, I've fallen off. I haven't watched very many recent seasons, but I just tuned in this week to charity season and oh my God, it's so good. And I'm not shitting you. I now have a needle in my vein with metal being pumped into it. And I'm having a full conversation about charity Lawson, the nature of the game, why it's so good now. And I'm, I just start to immediately go back all the way to season 18, first villain bachelor, how all of this shit had to be overcome, the toxic producer tier, et cetera, et cetera. I'm giving my, my dissertation essentially to the nurse as she is uh, injecting metal into my veins. And we proceeded to have maybe like a five minute conversation before she said, well, I need to finish your MRI now <laughs> and then left the room. So that is my scream this week. Now we're going to move on and I'm going to play you a scream from someone in the pit. If you would like to submit your screams to game of roses, the best ones that we play here on this week in bachelor nation every Friday, you're just going to go to patreon.com slash game of roses. You're going to join us in the bottom of the pit. You're going to get access to our discord among a wide variety of other things. All of our digging deepers, our live shows that we do uh, every Monday, 30 minutes before our beloved game airs, all the pace case palapas, all the clues corners. You're going to get our back catalog. You're going to get every episode that we do ad free. And like I said, you're going to get access to our Discord. In that Discord is a channel where you can upload a one minute or shorter audio clip of your own scream, and we play the best ones here. Today, the scream comes to us from someone named E. June. Let's take a listen. Greetings, Pit. 
So the other night, I was putting my kid to bed and reading them a bedtime story. I had recently finished the Prince Harry audiobook, so I was doing my best Prince Harry voice for one of the characters. My kid got such a kick out of it that I did some more accents. I did a silly French accent, an Australian accent, but quickly ran out of good voices. Or so I thought. I realized there was at least one more that I could do. I tapped into my many last hours listening to clickbait. I couldn't believe it. Right there with me at my child's bedside was the one and only grocery store Joe, calmly lulling him off to sleep. But that's not all. I was even able to squeeze in a little bit of the great one, according to clues anyway. Host of the hit macro show, future actual therapist and enemy of the ego, Nick Vial. Before I knew it, my kid had drifted off to sleep. I can only imagine dreaming of the summer days ahead with sand betwixt his toes. Praise be our beloved game. This is a fantastic scream. I have some questions. I wish that uh, I could have a conversation with E. June about this. But does your child watch The Bachelor? Does your child know who Grocery is? Does your child know who TGO is? If not, this scream is even more unhinged. But I am imagining what your child's dream might have been. I know that you said it was dreaming about Santwix toes. But what if instead it was some kind of strange nightmare? Uh, a dream about a podcast hosted by TGO and Grocery, something of this nature. I can only imagine what hearing these voices immediately before going to bed would do to a child. I know what it does to me. I often listen to Nick Vial or The Great One or uh, Grocery, sorry, right before I drift off into slumber. And it never does me any good. It always uh, makes my dreams crazy and erratic and nightmarish. But hopefully that wasn't the case for your child. Nonetheless, I like that you're just doing an impersonation of these two characters, even if your child doesn't know who they are. I'm happy that your child was able to get some uh, entertainment value out of the impersonation. And great impersonations, by the way. These were fantastic. And I loved all the birds in the background. It sounded like you were in nature or like you were trying to approximate it with an AI audio background of birds chirping. In either case, fantastic scream. Thank you again, E. June, for this scream. And like I said, if anybody else out there wants to submit your scream to our program, you just go to patreon.com slash gamerroses. You join us in the bottom of the pit. You get access to that Discord. And you upload your one minute or under scream to the Screams from the Pit channel. And that's it. That rounds out this week in Bachelor Nation. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope everybody out there has a great uh, weekend. Thanks again to Jess Ambrose for joining me up top for the state of the game. We will be back on Monday with our live show uh, at 5.30 p.m. PST. That is half an hour before Charity Lawson's next episode. Episode four of Bachelor at Season 20 airs. And we will be back Tuesday with a recap of that episode. And again, don't forget to check out Courtney Robertson's After Reality podcast. She just interviewed Nate Mitchell uh, this week. It's a fantastic episode. But thanks again for joining us. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,780 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be the greatest player 
to have ever lived undisputed Nick Vial. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 